This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Hey, everybody. This is a very rare instance for us. It is a revisited episode, a replay. Uh, We are talking to Jordan Burroughs. And what I love about this show is, you know, you take somebody like Jordan, his his Instagram handle is all I see is gold. He's won gold medals. He's won countless, well, not countless world championships. I can can count to six, uh, but still, that's a lot. And he's done so much. And and since we've had this conversation, this was two years ago now, uh, he's had more kids. He's got four now. He's moved across the country. And I actually have an update piece of content that I want you to go watch after this interview, our most recent Take Two YouTube episode. And what I love about it is is the different Jordans that are going on. You know, on this episode of this podcast, we have Jordan, the very serious world record holding gold medal chasing Jordan. And on Take Two, we have Jordan hiking on a trail with his four kids trying to manage all that. His wife's there. It's just it's just chaos just like any of us would be on a trail with our four kids. And so it's so cool to see both Jordans going on at the same time. And so it's, it, I just was re-listening to this episode and thought how funny that was. So check out today's podcast episode and go to the show notes. There's a link to our YouTube show, Take Two, that's all about talking to people in our athletic brewing world on a trail and interviewing them while we're out on a hike. It's a really cool concept. We've got four episodes out. Watch all of them. They're only like six or seven minutes long, but it's a totally different setting and you get a totally different conversation with the same exact person. Pretty cool. All right. Hope you enjoy today's throwback from two years ago. Um, Jordan Burroughs, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned this, uh, before we were talking about where are you coming from today and is that where you grew up? Yeah, so, I, so I'm from South Jersey originally. I grew up in a small town, Sicklesville, New Jersey, about 25 miles outside of Philadelphia. I've been living in Lincoln, Nebraska for the last 15 years since college. I decided to stick around and train here. Um, and then just in July of this summer, moved back to the East Coast with my family to be closer to my immediate family. So just made a transition to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, the city of brotherly love, and we're enjoying the journey so far. It's been a good place to live. So I, you know, I don't know what the stats are, but I don't, I don't think there's a lot of people going from Jersey to Nebraska and then to Philly. And you was, you were there for 15 years, so it wasn't like you know a, a quick stint. That's half your life, honestly. What, what is, yeah, what has that transition been like? That's, that's got to be tough. I mean, Nebraska's got to be a totally different pace. It is. It's a different place. It's a, it's an awesome place to raise a family. It's very comfortable. There is, it's inexpensive to live. The people are extremely nice. The Midwestern hospitality, um, the schooling is great. And we have a great wrestling program here. So it's been home for me for a long time. I decided to stick around and mostly because of the relationships that I established here. So good being around the coaching staff and all the athletes here. I was a big fish in a small pond. Going to Philadelphia is a little different, a lot more hectic, but also a lot of good 
benefits that we've experienced so far, a lot of diversity, a lot of culture, a lot of great food. I'm 25 miles from my hometown where my parents still live in the house that I grew up. And the wrestling culture is really strong in the tri-state area. So we've really enjoyed the past couple of months that we've had there. I'm training with the PRTC right at the University of, University of Pennsylvania in downtown Philadelphia. So it's, uh, it's different, man. We went from living in a home here with a backyard and a porch and a driveway to living in an apartment building in downtown Philadelphia. So it's, it's a big transition, but the kids are enjoying themselves so far. And my wrestling is still uh, operating at a high level. So, you know, when we made this transition, it was to have a holistic lifestyle. Can I still compete at my best and make sure that my family is happy and taken care of? My kids are in great schools with people that they enjoy spending time around that are going to help them thrive. And so all of those things have been checked off thus far. So Philadelphia is a good city. I, I know, you know, growing up in Jersey, you came from a household that was into sports, but not necessarily athletic. Why wrestling? Why did, you know, that's just not a sport a lot of kids maybe get into in that area. You correct me if I'm wrong. I just, I, how did it get started? Yeah, basically I just brought home a flyer uh, from my elementary school one day that said, join your local youth wrestling program. We were the Edgewood Eagles and I never wrestled before. I wasn't a fan of wrestling, never watched it. No one in my family had ever wrestled, but I think it was something that I was into because I was into the WWF as a kid. I used to watch a lot of professional wrestling on TV, so I thought it was similar to that. Plus, I remember the graphic had like this really buff eagle and like a wrestling singer, so I just thought it looked really cool aesthetically. So I remember my mom took me down to the gym later that week. And it was a completely different experience than what I expected, right? Like guys weren't jumping off the tight ropes and, you know, people weren't getting hit with chairs and slammed through tables. It was the exact opposite. You know, it was a much, it was a much more technical sport, a much more of an art form. But I was a little guy. I was the youngest of four. My first weight class was 45 pounds. Um, so I started at about six and I was a, I was a small individual. I was the run of the family, I was, but I was scrappy. So I think that's what kind of helped me kind of utilize my skills. I was scrappy. I was um, competitive and wrestling was kind of one of those outlets where I just enjoyed it right away. And wrestling is not for everyone. It's a very intimate sport. You know, it's like no one likes getting slammed and choked and <laughs> held down against their will. But it was something about it that just, it just, I don't know, man, my personality just fit. And so when I won my first trophy, it was kind of what drew me in and, and kept me in. And so every tournament afterwards from there on out, I would go to the trophy room before the tournament started and look at all the trophies that were going to be given out at the day, at the end of the day. My dad would always point to the tallest trophy in the room and say, hey, you see that tall one over there in the corner? If you win all your matches today, that's the first place trophy. That's the one you'll take home. And uh, so that inspired me. And that was my pursuit every weekend. My dad was my first coach, and he never wrestled a day in his life. He knew nothing about the sport. He knew no technique, but he knew principles. So the only thing he would tell me is work hard, don't give up, and if I lose, not to cry. Those were really the only things that he, he would tell me. He never gave me any technical like advice, never told me, okay, hands here, head here, foot placement here, finish this shot this way, double leg. Um, it was it was all principles, and uh, but it worked out, man. So it was it was good for me. So I, I know the first two you uh, you've stuck to. Has the third one? Have you have you been able to stick to that too? No, no, I've 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 cried 
in the Olympics. I cried at the World Championships. I've I've cried many times in my career. At, at this point, you know, you cry less. When I was a kid, I cried every single time, and the tournaments were meaningless. But it's all relative, right? Like at that time, all I got was the trophy. But you know, as you get older, you put more work into it, and so I think that the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. You recognize all the sacrifices you've made to pursue your goals, and so that's why it's more difficult to swallow when you know you've given everything you've had. You've operated with courage. You've lived your lifestyle the right way. You've slept well. You've eaten well. You've taken care of your body. You've listened to your coaches. You've worked hard with your training partners, and still sometimes that's not enough. There's no guarantees in this sport. So when you have to face that, it's it's a difficult uh, thing to operate with um, psychologically. So there have been a lot of nights that I've I've cried um, to my wife and just you know kind of battling back with my emotions and figuring out okay what's next. I think uh, the process of what we do is you recognize that losing is part of the journey. Everyone who's competed has lost um, at some point or another. So I think that you start to take losses and recognize that there are ways that you can improve to try to reverse your fortune next time and that you can't take any of them personal. You have to have the ability to forget quickly and move on from tournament to tournament, event to event, and maintain the same level of enthusiasm and optimism in everything that you do. And so that's kind of what I've, what's helped me get through this career at this juncture. You know, I'm 11 years into my my senior level career, um, but I've been wrestling since I was six. I, I love to think about you at six years old saying like, all right, mom, they're going to, they're going to let us hit people with chairs and jump off type ropes. Um, let's go. <laughs> and then no, seeing it was something so different and having to learn all those lessons, something so technical. When did it become apparent to you that you would be able to make this a career or you did have a future in this versus just something you, you, you had a passion for? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I would probably say somewhere between my sophomore, junior year, high school is when I recognize where where this sport could actually take me. Because when you're young, like it's all about. There are only a few things that I wanted. I wanted to be praised by my family, basically by my parents, my dad. I wanted to have my name in the newspaper, possibly, and I wanted to win really big trophies to display to all my friends that came and visited my house. And that was pretty much it. That was the only circumstances in which I was excited about. But when I got older, I started to realize, like, man, like, I could do things. I can improve my life with this. I could get out of this small town. I could go to college. I could get it paid for. I could maybe go on to do some incredible things and have a career out of this. But it was at every level, you recognize that there's more. First, it was biggest trophies. And it was recognition and validation for my dad and it was state championship a varsity jacket and my name in the paper and it became a scholarship and it became man maybe i could be a big dog on campus and be recognized here as one of the elite at the university of nebraska and write my name in the record books and then it transitioned to that maybe i could be the best in the world maybe i could be the best in history maybe i can inspire a new generation of wrestlers that'll come be after me um, so it's it's a uh, it, it constantly shifts depending upon 
you know, where you are in your career. Um, and so probably my sophomore year is when I realized that I could do this at the next level. Like it wasn't just something that was a hobby that my parents paid for to buy time and to let me, you know, utilize my energy, my extra energy as a toddler. It became something that I realized that I could turn into a profession and as a means to um, kind of improve the lifestyle that I had been born with. I've heard you talk about this concept like camping versus climbing. There's a lot of campers out there. What what keeps you from camping um, at, a, at a place that's comfortable? Why, why do you keep climbing? It's unique, the position that we're in, because when you're satisfied with what you've accomplished, it's easy to settle into this role of comfort. But you also have to remember that if you settle into this place, you can also tarnish the legacy that you've worked extremely hard to build. So my advice to people who don't have the passion to do it the way they once did is to get out. If you don't want to compete at your best, then leave. You can retire. But if you're going to stay, then you have to be focused and you have to remain with that same fervor and energy that you had as a young man. So that's that's really all it has been for me. It's like, although your body might deteriorate over time, you'll start to get older and you'll slow down. Like, my spirit is unconquerable. I always have the ability to control my effort and my attitude, no matter how my body feels. Um, so I've had injuries, I've had surgeries, I've had losses, but the one thing that's never deterred me from achieving my goals is my current circumstance. I've always been focused. So it's just like when people ask me how long I want to compete, I'm like, I have no idea. The only thing I know is how many championships I want to win. So my focus is is on the titles and not on how I feel. How I feel ebbs and flows and changes by the day and by the moment, but my goals don't. Um, and so every time I reach something that I set out to do, I try to do something bigger or I try to do the same goal more times at a higher level with even more pizzazz than the time before. Uh, so it, it's just the way I'm built is the cloth that I've been cut from. And I recognize all of the, the benefits that come with, with hard work. Like all the people that I admire that live lives that are admirable are the ones that work hard, stay disciplined and have a lot of courage in the way that they move. So that's what I just try to replicate. It's that mental toughness that you're so uh, known for. What what do you do specifically or anything in particular to, to gain that? Is it tied directly to that physical training and that physical toughness? Is the mental within that or is it separate in a way that you, that you work on separately? Mm, that's a good question. I think, uh, you know, it, it really, it's it's hard to say, man. I think you try to work on your mind. You know, in, in sport. We were talking about this today. So we have, there's a spectrum. There's two things that are really important to being great at athletics. One is work ethic. The other is courage. You have to have the ability to work. But the ability to work without having courage will sabotage your willingness to, to be great. So it's like sometimes the harder you work, the less courage you need. Because you're like, well, I worked really hard. I did everything right. So I should just win. It should be easy for me. And then there's the opposites, the guys that have so much courage, which they're just absolute savages. They're gamers. They, they're ready to compete at the whim. But if you don't have the work ethic, then you won't be consistent enough in your daily routine to even sustain the courage that you have 
when the time comes. So I think that we're constantly working on our mindset, whether it's visualization, putting ourselves in difficult circumstances, um, operating in places of discomfort, and really just stepping out of our comfort zone and seeing who we can become. That's the ultimate measure of a man is like where they stand in times of discomfort. Like it's easy to do things that you feel good about, that you're passionate about and that you love. Like can your commitment to what you set out to do supersede your feelings on days that you don't feel like training? There are plenty of days I don't feel like going to the wrestling room. I don't feel like being courageous. I don't feel like pushing myself to my limits. I'm hungry. I'm tired and I haven't slept, but those are the days that I feel like I made the biggest improvements because I've controlled my mind and I've forced my body to stick with a routine because I've been committed to it. Not because I loved it, not because I was in love with it, but because I made a commitment to being the best at something. And when you do that, you have to, you have to stay the course no matter what. So I think for us, we, uh, we try to, dialed in on our mental focus as much as possible not only training our bodies but training our minds that's that's gonna last a lot longer than your body too and I, and I know you got a ton of wrestling still left um but i do want to ask what are you most excited or or what do you currently do that most excites you about putting that mental toughness to work because that that's transferable anywhere parenting um career entrepreneurialism uh, wh- where are you most excited to use that side of things I really in everything, bro. Like when every, every I've wrestled since I was a kid. So it's always been the most important thing to me. Everything I've learned from a character perspective has been learned through the sport of wrestling, discipline, integrity, honor, strength, persistence, resilience, everything that I've learned from wrestling, I implement into every facet of my life. So it's not like, Oh, I learned how to be a better wrestler from being a husband. It's like, no, I'm a good husband because I first was a good wrestler. I'm a good father because I first was a good wrestler. And so everything that I've achieved has come strictly through wrestling. Like you have to operate with strength and honor and integrity and everything that you do. And so the result of that is success. And so I've been the firsthand representation that hard work works. Hard work works. And so when I work hard in every facet of my life, um, the way that I operate as, you know, as a peer, as a teammate, as um, a father, as a husband, as a leader, it's been a lot easier for me because I've wrestled. Um, and so they're not easy, <laughs> but they're a lot less difficult because I'm, I'm prepped for it. Um, and so I think that's why wrestlers transition well to everything that they do, whether it's, you know, other um, sports, MMA, the NFL, or, you know, being great employees, being CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs. There's just a certain spirit about wrestlers that we operate with a sense of humility, but also with a strong sense of character and discipline and like a warrior-like spirit. We work well with teams. We know how to listen. We know how to take criticism and then implement it into a strategy, how to be in difficult times, how to skip meals and still perform at a high level, how to get our butts kicked and still operate with, with confidence. A lot of a lot that I've learned in the sport is how I operate in life, and I don't think there's any sport like it. There are a lot of sports out there that are great for character development, but you know this is this is the greatest sport in the world. 
there's truly nothing like it. Once you wrestle, everything else in life becomes easier. It's definitely unique, man. I, I, I tell you what, I, I don't think I've met or talked to anybody that's a wrestler that isn't just tough as nails. I always want to ask this about Olympic champions as well, Olympic gold medalists, which are one. What's been the biggest change you've noticed, you know, pre-gold medal Jordan and post-gold medal Jordan, like how people perceive you, what life is like? And is there anything about pre-Olympic gold that you miss? Yeah, man. That's a that's such a, a a great perception. Yeah, but I mean, before the nothing's as fun as the first time. When you do something for the first time, it, it it's truly incredible. Like there's a certain like level of like obliviousness and naivety that you operate with, so you don't really enjoy it as much because you don't have as much perspective. But it's it's also so cool because it's the first time, um, and so you know after there's a certain level of expectation that follows you where you know what you're capable of, you know what you've done. And now the world's like, okay, can you do it again? So now the pressure, the anxiety, the expectation rises. Um, so I think the, the beauty pre-Olympics is, you know, you're, you're, you're operating from a place of this childlike one wonder you're like man this is super cool i can't believe i'm here i used to watch this on tv oh my goodness there's kobe bryant and lebron james and there's serena williams michael phelps like this is sweet to you know you you start to shift your patterns to man i was a gold medalist in 2012 i gotta do it again and it's you know it's i haven't won a gold medal it's been nine years since i was an olympic gold medalist it's time to you know, to recapture this. I'm running out of time. I'm getting older. My career's coming to an end. I'm not as good as I once was. So there's there's all these these doubts that you you're battling psychologically pretty much daily. Um and that can be that can be tough to deal with at times. But I think uh what I have learned is that if I do win the Olympics again, it will be much more special and meaningful to me than the first time. Although it changed my life and my perspective and how I viewed myself, how other people viewed me, I also understand that there's so much more work that's been put in between who I was then and who I am now. I've had to do a lot to, to maintain for a decade since, you know, and so I think ever since I stepped off the podium in London in 2012, I've been trying to replicate that performance and, and trying to get back on the podium. Um, but it, it's hard, man. It's it's a hard it's a hard thing to do. So, you know, I think at this point, you know, I love what I was able to do then because of who it allowed me to become, all the opportunities and benefits that I had post London, you know, forever, for the rest of my life. You're never former, never past. You're always an Olympian. You're always an Olympic gold medalist. That's something that can never be taken away. And the UFC and boxing, if you lose, you give up your belt. Yep. former world champion or former this or that right you have to give your belt to the guy that beat you but i'll never my my gold medal is always safe on my bookshelf at my home wherever i live my medal will follow me not only for a lifetime but beyond your death when i die people will be talking about my wrestling career for the rest of time as long as the sport of freestyle wrestling exists in the united states of america and around the world the name jordan burroughs would be synonymous with it 
And you made me want to get out and go get a gold medal. Dadgum, I don't know what it'd be in, but uh, start training now. It's awesome. Because yeah. you got, you know, you got three kids and one on the way. You get to involve them. I know they travel with you. It's a, it's a family ordeal. Um, and that borough's name is going to be carried on for, for generations. That is so cool. I'd love to transition into a handful of rapid fire questions. Yeah, let's do it. Rapid fire number one. What are you most curious about right now outside of wrestling? Mm. Wow. I would say I am most curious about life after wrestling. Interestingly enough, like my focus is to be the best wrestler I can be with the time that I have remaining. But I'm also a guy that's interested in what my life is going to be like after most people at 33 years old are transitioning into what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. So I'm transitioning out of what I've done for my entire life, you know? So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what else I'm passionate about, what else I love and what I want to pursue. So it's going to be an interesting journey for me. I've been dabbling a lot of stuff, but I'm curious what I love and uh, what I'll be able to, uh, to enjoy for the next 40, 50 years. Awesome answer. And, and congratulations, by the way, uh, for, for going to be competing at Worlds. Moving up a weight class, I, I, I got I to ask this. How crazy, like on a scale of 1 to 10 for people that don't know, how crazy is that, that you move up a class your, your first time in your career? Yeah, it's the first time. I've, since 2011, I've wrestled the same weight class at every tournament so, since 2011. This, this weekend was the first time I'd ever wrestled an event up away class um and i won first place <laughs> so it was good I, it, the, the good thing was i didn't have to cut as much weight right so i typically wrestle at 163 has been where i won all my world championships and the olympic games and then this weekend i got to wrestle at 174 so it's an 11 pound jump so guys are a little bit bigger a little bit stronger um but so am i now because i don't have to cut any weight so i can lift hard i can i can wrestle hard i can train i can focus primarily on my technique and not losing weight so most of the time i'd be spending you know on the treadmill and sauna on a peloton now i'm just spending on on technique and wrestling work um so i feel like i've gotten better more explosive and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun so i got a, a belly's full and uh i'm back on team usa so i'm excited you, you might already answered this, you know, this might be obvious, the, the Olympic gold medal, but what is your proudest achievement? Mm, my proudest achievement is, is being a faithful husband, 100%, like, because it's so hard. It's so difficult to be a good quality husband of integrity and honesty in today's society. So that's my, that's my proudest achievement, unquestionably. That's awesome. All right. This also might be obvious, obvious too. Biggest goal not yet achieved? Mm, I mean, I, I'd like to win the Olympics again. <laughs> if if I, I want to be, I want to be a two-time Olympic gold medalist. You know, I won in 2012. The next Olympics are in 2024. It's a 12-year drought. 12-year drought. There's not a lot of people winning um, Olympic golds 12 years between one another. Would that be the biggest gap by an Olympic wrestler? Um, for a wrestler. No, no. There was just a guy who did it from Cuba this year. He won his first gold was in twenty or two thousand eight in Beijing, and he just won another gold in Tokyo this year. And he's he's older than I. Um, so it's a uh, that would be that would be a proud achievement. But you know, I've got kids now too, so you know, the, 
what what I want for myself in my personal journey is is my thing, but what what we want for our kids has become kind of our family thing. Like we want to we want to create individuals that are contributors to society that operate with kindness um, and that are hard workers. Um, and so we love our family. We're excited to add a fourth. Um, we feel like every kid adds a different dynamic, a missing dynamic to the family. And it's just a whole lot of fun. It's constant entertainment. It's hard work, but it's, it's satisfying. It's the hardest job I'll ever love. Man, that's awesome. I love that you said kindness too. I have two rules for my kids. I don't care if they're dumb as a rock when they grow up. I want them to be kind <laughs> and I want them to be problem solvers. And if they can right, do that, sure. everything else is just kind of tied up in that, you know, working yep. hard, being, having high integrity. And I'm like, if y'all can do that, y'all will make me happy. I don't care what you do. Let's see this. All right, let's, let's move to a less like a intense, all encompassing question. What's a daily habit you like to stick to? Mm, Maybe your favorite. I like to, yeah, yeah. So I am a, what do I like to do? My hobbies. I like to eat, eating, eating my favorite thing to do. Um, so like every big city I go to, I have multiple restaurants picked out for every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee. I, uh, I'm a big time eater. Um, we like to cook a lot at home. We're, we like have, have a heavily plant-based organic diet. Um, so that's probably my favorite thing to do is like, I really enjoy mealtime. Um, but like, I like cars. I'm, I'm really into cars. That's one of my hobbies. I like to follow, listen, watch. I like to drive. I like clothing. I'm into fashion. Um, I like teaching my kids how to wrestle. Both of my kids are in, are in the wrestling beacon and or they're seven and five. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I would say pretty much my day is, is heavily revolved around like, like sports and then just like excellence, like figuring out what we can do. That's really cool. Like what can we contribute to society? That's going to make it better. Um, and then also how, what kind of good food can we eat today? <laughs> That's a that's a big part of it. Oh man, I, and I, and I, we didn't even talk about this. That's probably a lot of that's due to how much you have to sacrifice to make weight and uh, the, at tournaments. Just how crazy, crazy y'all schedule is with trying to make weight and stuff. It's just that is the least appealing part of what you do to me. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you want to you want to know a, a lot about a man. You just take food away from him. So <laughs> I've had a lot of had a lot of hangry days where you know I'm cutting weight and. You know, the hardest part about cutting weight sometimes is when you got a pregnant wife at home and you're cutting weight and she's having all these cravings and she's eating pancakes at midnight and you're freaking cutting weight because she got to make weight the following day. It's a it's a difficult task, but it's part of what we do. So I don't really take too much. Uh, I don't I don't hate it too much. Oh, man. Something else. Well, well, a couple more questions. We'll wrap up. What's a hobby you have that you don't really talk about? I mean, you you kind of already answered that with cars and fashion, but anything else that you you maybe do for fun? Um, yeah, I like to. I'm a big reader. Like I'm an avid reader. Um, it's something I don't really talk about much. Uh, the more I've read, the more like I've learned to. You know, so like when you, my mindset has, it's some of it's been taught, but most of it's been like read just because like I'm heavily versed in like so many different avenues of individuals that were excellent at what they did and that they were able to give knowledge back to people like me who were continuously seeking it. Um, so like whenever I talk, it's 
less about what I know and it's more about what someone has once taught me or something that I experienced that a lesson that, you know, kind of helped me perpetuate this, this thought process. Um, so yeah, I like to read. Um, I'm a big time reader. I like to write. Um, so if you go to like my IG, if you look at most of my Instagram captions, they're like very, very long because I like to tell stories. So my reading and my storytelling is something I like to do. And my dream is to, to write children's books. Um, at some point, I really feel like I have, uh, a, a good mind to write some really compelling children's stories that would, that would do well. Body slamming some monsters and some yeah yeah for sure <laughs> or something. no doubt that'd be awesome <laughs> man i love it well uh do you have a favorite athletic brewing beer yeah that's a good question man i so i was just thinking about that there's really three of them that we have and we keep in our fridge most often it's just the run wild upside down and then free wave are probably the ones that we we consume most often. The great thing for me is I love when I have guests that come to our house and they're like, Hey, you got anything to drink? And I, I'm always like, Hey, yeah, love. I love to, we got some beers in the fridge. And so I give, they're like, what kind? I'm like, Oh, there's this company that I work with called athletic brewing. And so I don't even tell them that it's not alcoholic, but I, I love giving them athletic brewing. They're like, damn, this is good. I'm like, yeah, bro. And it's only got less than half a percent of alcohol. And they're like, what? No way. This tastes so good. But you know, I've, I've actually been getting into the, the flavored seltzers too. The day packs I really enjoy. I think they're really good. I, I like the taste of, you know, I'm a fruity guy. <laughs> when I was in college and you know, I operated with, with alcohol, it, it was always the fruity stuff. So I'm always into the mango and some of the other things that, that taste good and, and are refreshing. Fashion, cars, mangoes. <laughs> Maybe Miami's in your future, man. I don't know. Um, so, you know, we say brew without compromise because that's what you got to do when you do something different. If you do something out of the box, you got to be excellent all the time. Uh, what does it mean to you to live without compromise? Man, for me, living without compromise is being is being me and unapologetically knowing that what I've set out to do, a lot of people won't understand. And that's okay. But it's not okay for me to compromise my goals to be, to fit in. I think about it specifically on last weekend um, or, or Labor Day weekend. I went to my parents' house and I had a barbecue with my family and I was on the grill and I'm cooking. And there's certain things that you know, they buy snacks, treats, cakes, and alcohol and everyone's indulging and enjoying these things, but I had a competition this past weekend. And so it would be easy for me to lose focus and lose discipline in that moment and say, you know what, I'm going to have a, a cheeseburger and then I'm going to have, you know, a glass of wine. And I'm also going to have a slice of cake and I'm going to have some deviled eggs, or I can make sure that I bring my own salmon. I bring my own bottles of water and that I'm, I'm prepped for my competition the following week, even though everyone around me is indulging and living the life that is okay with them. I know that this is what I need to be at my best. And so regardless of what they're doing, I can't partake in that because that will deter me from living excellently and then also performing optimally the following week. And so 
compromise to me is is or living without compromise means no matter where I am, who I'm with, what time of the year it is, this is the lifestyle that I've selected for me. And I will remain disciplined within it, regardless of the circumstance. And that's that's pretty much it, man. No, no one can no one can deter me from what I want. This is what I want. I know how to get there. This is the schedule I set for myself. Everything else that's not going to help me get there is a distraction. I stay away from it. Well, there you have it, folks. That is Jordan Burroughs from two years ago. Since then, he's won another world championship. He's won a Pan American championship. And he's had another kid, and he's moved across the country. A lot's happened. Go check out the Take Two episode that just released this week. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do at Athletic Brewing and our non-alcoholic craft beer, of course, go to athleticbrewing.com. Thank you.